0: Welcome to the Cap City Outfitters Podcast. This is episode 190. You've got Chris and Brian, and today we're going to talk about transitioning from iron sights to an optic or red dot on the handgun. This is something that we started, I don't know what, four years ago, five years ago? Yeah, four to five, somewhere in that range. Uh, And then we kind of have dabbled in it for the first two, three years. Um, I, at one point, went back to irons um, for a while, and then... About two years ago, I mm-hmm. transitioned to the Red Dot and have not looked back since. I yeah. Think Chris has been... I did the uh, exact same playing.
1: thing. I ran the, I ran an RMR for about two years, um, took a break because I switched up some gun stuff and went back to irons and kind of confirmed that, okay, I can still do irons for probably almost a year. I probably went, you know, eight months or so. That was with the G45 that wasn't yep, That was transitioning over to the G45 and then finally went ahead and got it cut um and and went back to the dot and was kind of like okay i'm not this is this is the place to be for sure um and and uh, and guys i don't know if you you know you caught our last podcast we talked a little bit about you know durability of these items the fact you still have bumpy things on the guns this is a a little bit of a a part two of that podcast but it i think it stands on its own as well because we're going to be talking about the transition to not not just the why of dots are better um, the future is now kind of mentality, uh, but more, you know, how are we getting there? What's what's a way to get there? Because a lot of folks, nobody knew how to get there. For, well, it's not true. The high speed guys and by high speed, I actually am referring to competition guys. Yeah. The, the shoot fast guys, the the, <clears throat> the
0: open the, class guys, the
1: shoot fast, suck less guys um, from USPSA, the open class uh, the open yeah, open class, um, you know, the GMs, the, you know, the masters, the A shooters all, all know this stuff. And some of the Bs are learning it or know it too, just don't practice it enough kind of thing. So, yeah, um, yeah so we're going to talk a little bit about the, the transition, the actual transition from um, the dot to the optic um, or the dot to, you know, I'm sorry, the iron sights. Wow, let's not get ahead of myself. Yeah. The iron sights to the dot or the iron sights to the optic. And this is going to address what I'm going to term as an older shooter. Um somebody who's been shooting, and that doesn't mean age-wise, but somebody who's been doing this long enough that there weren't dots on pistols and you were running irons. Um, probably more in the defensive realm or yeah. the guy, you know, the guy shooting entry level competition who just doesn't have the money for the five thousand dollar race gun setup with the huge yeah. optic on top. So um, you know, how do how do you get from from A to B and what are the things that are are, are probably the most critical things? Curiously enough, some of this will be repetitive from the last podcast as reminders to that, but a little bit of mechanical conversation about how do you actually get there practice conversation about how do you actually get there too. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Uh, so one of the things to clarify, when we talk about optics on pistols. We are talking about slide mounted optics yep. on your typical carry gun or your typical duty gun. So yep. Glock 19, Glock 17. Yes. Um, everybody else's equivalent thereof. Yeah. Um, but it's, it's a RMR, <coughs> possibly a Trijicon SRO. Hollow Sun, you know, 507C, yep, 508, um, maybe a 507K, yeah, a little gun, a little gun, yep, um, you know, whatever the the Romeo or the Delta Point is, if you're a Sig guy and you're locked into that form factor, yep. Uh, but we were talking about an optic mounted, you know, on the side of the handgun. Typically, that optic is going to be just high enough uh, that you will need suppressor height sights. Yep. Um, there is a new optic from Hawson called the SCS.
1: Yeah, and there's also a, a smaller version for the little guns. The SCS is the big is the big gun, double stack, yeah. full size or, or standard size gun. And then there's a new one out too that I apologize, I don't know the nomenclature yet because I haven't actually put my hands on one yet. Um, that is a that is also direct mount, but it's a low enough direct mount that you do not need to change sights out from standard Glock sights. And if you choose to upgrade to metal, night sights, defensive sights, etc., and Uh, remove the dovetail protectors that Glock sends with their guns, um, you'll still be able to manage your iron sights through the window because it mounts very, very, very low on an MOS system. Whether or not Holosun will release that for other guns at some (coughs) point, maybe. I mean, we can hope for that, Um, you know, especially if you're a Smith guy or a SIG guy or whatever. Hopefully, there'll be a direct mount in that regard, too. But right now, Glock owns the market, so that's where it's going to go. So it's, it's a hard Glock life. That's right. We're not picking on anybody. It's just that's what the industry is going to go
0: Glock first because that's where the money is. Um, so yeah, yeah. So to get back to that, typically, yep. uh, when whenever up until honestly, like uh, less than a month ago, you know, we looked at adding an optic to the pistol. The dot was an eighth of an inch, maybe three sixteenths of an inch above where your iron sights would have been. Your traditional iron sights would have been. Yeah. So, we had to go to suppressor height sights with the optic. And the reason I bring this up is because it changes the index of the gun slightly as we present the gun to the eye target line. Yes. So, to to think of the draw stroke as we establish our grip, we pull the gun out of the holster, we bring our hands together, we push the gun out in front of us with two hands. Yep. Um, We have that gun hopefully very well aligned to the target, you know, right from the get go. Um, the dot is centered at the point that we are looking at the target that we are looking at on the target because we want our vision to be target focused. Um, you know, we see the dot there. We pull the trigger; the bullet goes exactly where we want it. We win the prize. Yay! Yay! Something about prom queens. I don't know. Something. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. The the magic in all of this is that the with the dot, um, our index with the gun. Uh, needs to be much more precise and repeatable <clears throat> than we necessarily had to be with iron sights so we brought we if we go back to thinking about you know we're shooting with iron sights we get a grip on the gun uh, we pull it out of the holster we put our hands together we push it out uh, hopefully our eyes are still target focused uh, but if they're not and we're focusing on the front sight um, while we push the gun out from the I'm going to call the three position of the yeah. DOS row. Yeah, hands four, together, yeah. yeah. Um, we have time to, you know, kind of align the front sight and the rear sight and adjust things on our way out um, so that once we reach extension, um, things are generally where we need them. Uh, we might do a little bit more refinement depending mm-hmm. on the distance to the target and the amount of the target that we have to shoot at um, to get you know, equal height, equal light, all that kind of stuff with irons. Yep. And then we can take the shot and hopefully hit the target, win the prize, yay, all yay. that stuff. Yay, back to, back to the prom queen again. Um, yep. With the dot, because the dot is in the window, um, if we can't see where the dot is when it reaches the eye target line, so kind of at that like 3.8 to 4.0 part of the draw stroke, yeah. um, now we've got to kind of... Fish with the gun and the dot to find the dot in the window. Yep, and it takes a long time because we don't know where the dot is. It could be off to the right. It could be off the left. Up, down, one of the corners, whatever. Um, so to that's where, like, in transitioning to to the red dot, um, your first hundred to five hundred to thousand draw strokes. May be really frustrating because the dot's not there, and it may seem a little slower. Uh-huh. Um, chances are, it's not really that much slower; it's maybe a couple tenths. But it feels. But it feels like because you're used to the old way. Um, what what will eventually happen is your index um, will become really really good, and that dot will be exactly where we need it to be. Uh-huh. Um, for me, the second time around with the dot, this is at Like maybe. Five five hundred draw strokes, yeah, something like that. Um, this is where doing regular dry fire becomes really really important. Yes, uh, because we want to we want to practice and perfect um, the index of the pistol to the target. Yeah, in dry fire, um, because most of us simply don't have the time um, when we're on the live fire range to actually work this out. Um, if you do, maybe you got a range in your backyard. And you got all the ammo you can want. Yeah. Um, more power to you to figure this out live. But honestly, um, you know, doing this at home, um, dry fire, you can get a lot of reps. You can get it really fast. Um, you can do it in small enough chunks that you don't end up totally, you know, frustrated wanting to throw the pistol at the target. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Etc. You know, Etc. Yes. Um, this is where you're using that dry fire timer app. Yep. Um, I've found to be invaluable. Um, it looks like a Euro USPSA target on a blue background. Yeah. It's available for iOS and Android, it's like nine bucks. If you don't have it, buy it. Yeah, um, I- I'm not using it nearly as much as I should be, but I, I have, it's already
1: paid for itself. Yeah. Um, just with some of the visual aspects of what you can do without spending any money and giving you a, a way to codify the times that you're chasing. Um, and stuff like that too. There, there's, there's enough built into this that it's worth every penny of the $9. It's kind of like that conversation about if you're dry fire training without something like this, um, it's probably saying similarly, if you're going to the range without a shot timer, you're, you're probably yeah. spinning your wheels a little bit
0: or, or a lot. Yeah. 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 Uh, so in working through a lot of this index stuff, um, first couple weeks I've spent with the dry fire timer was a lot of like draw and one or draw and two. Yeah. Um, On a single target, and then lately I've been doing like a metric ton of um, the Blake drill. So three targets um, from left to right or right to left, um, two on each. I'll take a a piece of sticky note, kind of like bundled up or a rubber band or whatnot, put it in the ejection port. Yep. And that on a Glock um, will basically makes the trigger go dead. So there's no you can keep making the trigger work as many times as you want. Yeah. Um, And that helps a lot with the multiple targets. Um, And then in the the dry fire timer app, uh, I've got 10 runs. Um, They start at, I think when I started doing this, it was like 3.6 seconds to, you know, going down to 3.1 seconds. Mm -hmm. So every, Ten reps, um, it got a tenth of a second faster on the part time.
1: The timer set up for you automatically to do this, so it drives yep. you. It drives you to give you the time to do it perfectly, but then it drives you to speed it up as well as you as you progress.
0: Yeah, yep. And then the the beautiful thing with this app is that it lets you adjust all of the part times that you have for your runs mm-hmm. um, by .05 seconds um, upward, down as you want to,
1: yeah, which is a really really small increment. So as you get really good, you can still push um you know incremental improvement you can still push for those yeah. inter- in- incremental gains
0: consistently and go after it so yeah so this after I don't know six six weeks a month something like that now it's chasing you know starting at like 3.2 and the fast times are at like 2.8 mm-hmm. um, and this is at, on one six scale dry fire targets at like three three and a half paces in my kitchen yeah. Um, so whatever the math on that is, like call it ten feet, called, we'll call it like simulated ten yards. Yeah, um, yes, on the yeah. small target. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <clears throat> but this is by using the the Blake drill, uh, we're not only reinforcing the perfect index off the draw uh, because making the fast times, you really have to be able to shoot once you reach extension. Um, so your index has to be there, but then also being able to transition targets effectively. So with the dot, um, if we're staring at the dot, we're not. We're staring at the dot, and we're not seeing where we want it to go on the target because we're staring at the dot. We tend to overdrive the pistol or underdrive the pistol. So then when we get to the target, we have to adjust it more, and that all takes time.
1: I don't feel like you're getting good brain feedback. Um, I, I think your brain sees something and tells your body something different obviously yep. um if you're looking at the dot or looking at the gun front sight or the dot either one that that is different from what you're seeing on the target right. looking at the target i think when you start going the transition time from going target focus to the front sight to get back on it if you're assuming you don't have a dot and in assuming the slight refinement is needed yeah. um you know going target to dot to target to front sight Back to the target, to the front sight, to the target is is something that it takes time. Your brain's got to work through that yeah. versus looking at the target and getting whatever confirmation you need at that point. Is it close enough? Am I close enough that it's close enough, or am I far enough back that I need just a little more refinement, whatever? But the, the transition time it goes to nil because you're still you're looking at the same yeah. thing the whole time. Does that make sense? Am I saying that yeah. in yeah. a layman's way?
0: So when we're when we're target focused, um, we have to react to one thing. Yep. If we're using the, you know, focusing on the dot or the front sight, yeah, uh, we've got to look at the target. We've got to f- then respond to reacting to seeing the sight, and then confirming the site's where it needs to be. Yes. And then we can shoot. Yeah, you change your so focal length. We've got to we've got to yep. react to something twice, which yep. is slower. You know, it's an extra point two to point three of a second every time we have to react to something. Yeah. Um,
1: Real quick on index, I want to throw out a something that when we talk about the index of the gun, um, one of the things that I, I keep, and I, I know I keep bringing up uh, Pranka because I, I, I'm watching the yeah. videos, and every time I watch one of the videos, like, okay, that, that either, either it's like, oh, I hadn't looked at it like that, like heard it codified like that, or it's like, oh, that makes sense. At the very least, it's like, that makes complete and total sense. Um, his application to things is gunfight or competition, doesn't matter, shooting hard skills or hard skills, learn your hard skills and one of the things that he talks about that's a that is a differentiation between iron sights and the dot he doesn't say this i am extrapolating this so i don't want to put words in someone's mouth don't misunderstand but we a lot of us were taught with iron sights to track with the front of the gun a little bit high you're getting the front sight up in front of the target you're looking at the target target focus because it's a threat you're threat focused and you're bringing the front sight up, and then as you present the gun, you're kind of dropping that front sight into the notch. As you drop it into the notch, yeah. if you need hard front sight focus for that confirmation, that's where you go to the hard front sight focus, etc. And he talks about flat, flat presentation. Get the gun up, get it flat. Get the get the, the slide of the gun parallel to the earth and or parallel to the the axis of your eyeballs to the A zone where you want the, the, the slide to end up as you punch it out. So it's a little bit different presentation. And I think that's what a lot of guys struggle with, especially good iron sight shooters who are really locked in on their draw. Um, the dudes that can do the presentation and do doubles drill with iron sights at distances. And at distance, I'm saying 10, 15 yards, something like that, because they have that good, the, the presentation solid for irons as they were taught. It puts the gun out where it's supposed to be as you reach four, 3.8 to four, yeah. And that's the whole conversation about maybe you're bringing the gun up a little more level. So when you hit 3.6, 3.7, 3.8 to 4, you're looking through the window of the optic at the dot. You're not looking at the dot. You're looking through the window of the optic. The dot appears on the target that you're looking at where you want it to go. Yeah. This, it, it's, it's a slightly different gun-minded index, but it's not different enough that you can't transition to it fairly easy with the repetitions we're talking yeah. about. Sorry, I know that's a switch... I know I changed gears there for a second, but I just no, want to throw that, that is, out.
0: That is really important. Um, and to get back to that initial part of the, the podcast today, yep. we talked about the red dot being you know, an eighth of an inch to maybe three sixteenths of an inch higher than what it used to be. Yep. Uh, we now need to present the gun yep. like an eighth of an inch to three sixteenths of an inch lower yes. than where we would have with irons. Um, which, you know, if you're a new shooter, you're probably thinking like, like, what does that mean? Yeah, like you're talking yeah. about this. Yeah, um, if you're somebody who's got you know fifty thousand to a hundred thousand draw strokes with irons, yeah, uh, it's a really big deal to change. Yeah, that that tiny bit because um, you're so used to doing what you've been doing.
1: And I'll throw out um, kind of a, a a mental cue that kind of got me thinking in this direction. And and I apologize because I don't know who to attribute this to, but I heard somebody mention they were at a class and somebody said, hey. You're, you're, you're coming up a little bit higher, you're dropping the front sight into the notch, and you don't need to do that with the dot, you pre, you're presenting the gun flatter, try bringing the plate on the back of the slide out from your nose, the tip of your nose, rather than the sights to your eyes. And that, that mentality around bringing the gun up, thinking flat A, and then thinking off your nose rather than off your eyes, was something that kind of got me to to kind of push the gun where I needed to have the gun to get there. Um, and, and again, I had enough time on this that I'd already, I hadn't figured out, I hadn't figured out a way to say it. I'd kind of figured that out. And when I heard somebody say that, it's like, okay, this makes sense. And, and instead of saying, present it a little lower, well, how much lower Well, come off your nose with a flat gun instead yeah. of coming off your eyes with the front sight and the gun slightly angled upwards. So just, it, it's, it's not a significant change, but it makes a huge difference on where your acceptable sight picture is presented to you in the draw stroke, um, and you're not, you end up not fishing for it. It's not fishing for it when you can see the front sight, the rear sight, in alignment with the target, and drop the front sight into the notch with irons. You're not fishing. It's, it's a presentation. It's a, it's a system. Yeah. But when you get to the dot, you lose that because of the frame of the dot, the frame of the optic around the dot precludes you seeing all those things at one time very easily. So you got to change it just a skosh. And I think that's what frustrates people is they're not hearing it codified in a way that they can go, okay, this is what I need to be doing. This works for me. Or they're trying to figure it out on their own. And if you look at, and I'm going to pick on a whole bunch of people right now, including me. I'm standing in the ring with you in this circus. Um, I, I don't practice enough. And I practice a fair amount. And I don't practice enough. And this is where the dry fire, it's free and it's invaluable. And if you have a system to it, I, it, it does make a difference getting there. But you, you've you got to practice it properly perfectly and then speed it up Yep. Yeah. yep
0: so back to yeah back to you know that index uh, running the Blake drills when dry fire I'll shoot half I, I do sets of 10 yeah um, so the first five are left to right the second five are right to left uh, and I'll generally just kind of focus on something else in the room um, until the beep goes and then I lock my eyes on the target on the a zone of the target I want to engage, yeah. Um, and I found that the the brain and the hands are really good at bringing the gun yep. and the dot to where they need to be. Yep. Um, so by being target focused, we actually help uh, help our body, you know, get everything else to where it needs to be um, really fast. Yep. Because uh, we don't want to be we don't want to overthink this. Uh, we want to let our body do what it's capable of doing, kind of at that like subconscious level. Because uh, that's what makes it ends up making it really, really fast. Okay. Yeah, and I, I
1: this like you said this whole thing it's the the Blake drill I also look at is it's it's almost a, it's a two for one. Yeah. You're just adding a little more on to it, but I, I think you're for the stroke that you're doing, you're getting more out of it um, rather than just doing a single out of the holster up yeah. and click um, kind of thing too. So you know when we start looking at some of that stuff, maybe there's a place to just do the single. You know, probably in the progression as yeah. well, uh, but but this also kind of gives you the two for one.
0: Um, and then you know, with transitioning from target to target, um, I'm moving my eye to the next target, and then the gun kind of goes to that spot on the target, and then I move my eye to the third target, and it moves the gun. You, you almost know, to can't that stop it. target, you can't really. Yeah, you almost can't stop it. Stop it. it. Yeah. Um, and by by staying target focused the whole time, you know, I'm minimizing the amount of call it like over-travel or under-travel of the gun, uh-huh. so that as soon as the, the dot is on the next target, I'm ready to shoot again. And if you go back to irons, let's
1: talk about the differential real quick. If you go back to irons, your your focus is leaving the front sight after you press the shot on the first target, and your focus is going back to the next target, so you're not—I you, just don't think there's the same kinesthetic connection because, yep. because you're, you're not looking at the same indices on the gun, being the dot— it, it just, the the kinesthetic aspect of it is different. I'm not saying you can't be nearly as fast or nearly as good with irons, uh, but the the kinesthetics of it are different, and I think the brain, it's easier. I think the brain wants to do it this way, where you look at the threat, and the reality is if it's legitimately in a fight, you may not be able to take your eyes off the threat yeah. and come back to the front sight. So heaven forbid your fight's at a distance where you can't point shoot, or you can't, you know, whatever you want to call it. Um, and I'm going to use the word point shoot because it's the old version of this not the new version of this and if that's beyond your range but you still need to service a target you're not there and you can't take your eyes off the target now you've got a real problem too yeah. which takes us back to why the dot's better yep and you know and why we're why we're hammering on this for the last two podcasts so.
0: yeah uh, the other thing that makes a really big difference in getting a good index is having a very good grip on the gun um before we even get it out of the holster yep uh for a lot of guys you know if you're running like really deep, um, so that you know maybe part of the gun is below your belt line, uh, or it's like right of your belt line. Part of moving, the grip. Part, part of the grip. Yeah, yeah. Um, you know, moving things up a little bit to where you can actually get you know all four fingers around the grip of the gun um, yeah. before you're getting the gun out of the holster makes a really big difference. Did you just call me fat. No. Okay, because I think we're talking about PT here a little bit too, um,
1: right? So so as we're as we were prepping the podcast, we were talking about this a little bit. Um, I, I've lost a little bit of weight over the last few years, not a lot, not enough, but there's a reality check too. One of the things that's driven that more is I was running the gun really deep because it concealed better and it was more comfortable because I'm fat and this, that, and the other. And we're back to you know having a a healthy body shape where you don't have a big gut pushing the gun over forward, etc.
0: We call that level four retention. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, level buffet. Anyway. Um, and part of that, too, is there's some there's some dudes out there with some guts. There's some dudes out there that are big boys and I'm not I don't want to pick on anybody. So I'm not even going to name any names um, that are flipping fast and like, walk around with decent. I'm um, Yeah, Linsky. Yeah. But I'm not picking on Scott because Scott could probably hurt me three or four different ways oh, before I even knew it. And that's not even involving a gun. Um, the dude's a legit yeah. dude and everything else. So I don't want to I'm not bad mouthing anybody but there's this reality check that there's some big dudes doing this. Some of these guys make holsters, some of these guys are industry pros, and this, that, and the other. Uh, so it's not an excuse, but it, it, it does help. if you. And they'll tell you, these are the guys preaching, hammering on, getting the grip on the gun, the index is perfect, and that's how you go fast. Um, so, so be aware that you can do it, but getting the gun up a little bit higher. These guys run the gun, a lot of them are run appendix, and they run the gun fairly high. Same thing when you go to strong side. These are guys that aren't burying the gun down in their pants. They're these are they're running a holster where they can really get a hold of the holster um, or get a hold of the gun. Pardon me and get that perfect index. That may mean a conversation around what holster you're running. Is it adjustable for height? Is it adjustable for different things like that? And then from a body type standpoint for you, oh well, I can't carry like that. Well then, good. Fix yourself. I I, I mean I just I'm I'm not even going to pussyfoot around it because I, I work on it every day. Every day I work on looking at something going, go, should I shove that in my mouth? And as a general rule of thumb, if it tastes good, you shouldn't. So, picking on you. Back to yeah. PT. Wow, it's like these things are all related. <laughs> so, cool. Um, okay, yep. so it, suggestions or further?
0: Yeah. Um, you know, grip, having the right grip directly, having the right grip and having a very repeatable drip. Yep. I'm sorry, drip. Yeah. Um, Directly translates into having a very refined and repeatable index. Consistency is the mother of accuracy. Uh, hmm. You know, and having that right, having a good index. Uh, again, this the dot or the irons are right there where we want them when we hit. You know, full presentation. Yeah, and we're minimizing the amount of time it takes between you know full extension on the presentation of the pistol and being able to shoot. Uh, any additional time we spend refining there is really added time. It's not like, efficient. It's not efficient.
1: It's not efficient, and and that means slow. And we'll translate yeah. that directly. You know, more efficient we can be.
0: Yeah, um, having you know every once about once a week, I'll run the same series of stuff with iron sights. Um, I found that shooting the shooting and training with the dot has made me much more efficient using my iron sights yeah. um, because I'm better able to visually process what's going on.
1: Yeah. And I would also say, too, that teaching some of the, like, working through some of the confirmation stuff that we've done as well, yep. um, translates directly to that additionally, because you, how much do you need to see versus does everything have to be perfect for every shot kind of thing. So so a combination of those things, the the refinement of the draw stroke, and then the refinement of the understanding of what side alignment's required, etc., to go from there. But that the index, I, I think, is so much more important. We have one of the guys we shoot with Um, who spent a lot of time working on, you know, kind of like pushing like that unsighted mentality. I'm going to say that confirmation one, but working it hard, working the refinement of the presentation and of the grip, that consistency, and it's taken one, taking confirmation one out to distances that I can't do anywhere near what he's doing at one. And I would say some of the better guys out there are able to do that too, where it almost seems like, dude, are they even using the sites? And they are to some extent, but to very, very little, but they're, they have refined their grip and presentation to the extent that they can do things that you can't because they're training it. Yeah. And it's, but it, but they, they paid for it. They've earned it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Um, And we talk about this, you know, we're talking about having your index refined to the point that we trust it to be there. Yep, one hundred percent of the time, you know, out to ten, maybe fifteen yards, or no when It's not
1: no yeah. when you got a handful of shirt, or know when everything's not just right, and you know it coming out. So maybe that's the point where you choose to, to move get, to get off the line to, to do something different,
0: or, or make to, whatever adjustment. We've got to mentally downshift. Yep, to confirmation three and fix the fix the, what the guns doing before yes. we shoot.
1: But you know it, yeah, because of the reps, and it's no and different than calling your shot with the irons or with the dot and knowing that, man, I did something a little bit off there because I've done it so many freaking times. I know when it's not right. Yeah. Yeah. Cause that, because because a rookie, you know, professionals practice, so they can't get it wrong. Blah, blah blah. Okay, cool. That's fine. And it's true. But there's a reality check that half the time, somebody who's new doesn't know what they did wrong. They just know yeah. it didn't do what they wanted. So it's no, it's doing it enough to know when it's not perfect and to make the adjustment and fight through it.
0: Cool. Uh, yeah, a lot of this, again, we're getting from the Ben Steger and Joel Park book, Practical Shooting Training. Yes. Um, if you don't have it, get it on Amazon or from Ben Steger Pro Shop. If you get it from the Pro Shop, buy the dry fire targets at the same time. Yes. Um, they are invaluable in making you a better shooter. Uh, yeah. That's as, the baseline. As we come across things like this, uh, we try to get them up on our social media uh, you can follow us along on Facebook and Instagram. On Facebook, we're Capsity Outfitters. On Instagram, we're Cap City Outfitters 2. Um, Meta is still staffed by comic Bastards. Hopefully Elon buys them as well. <laughs> um, and we can get back to posting pictures of fun things like guns we have at the store. Uh, until then, if we get cool stuff, a lot of times it gets written out on a Post-it note or a whiteboard, and we take a picture of that. Um, that's how we get around the Skynet bots. Uh, On our website, you can find valuable information such as how to do an FFL transfer or how to purchase a suppressor via our storefront at silencershop.com. We are starting to see e-file form fours come in and we're seeing a bunch of paper form fours from last year starting to arrive too. Um, So hopefully there is some light at the end of this extremely inefficient NFA tunnel. Yeah. Um, Yeah. Uh, we won't belabor that anymore. Yep. Uh, on our website, too, you can sign up for our newsletter or drop us an email to info at com, and we'll add you to the newsletter list. comes out once a week on Fridays. And we're here in Hilliard, Ohio, 4465 Cemetery Road. We're in front of the Aldi's. We're directly next to Louis Fusion Grill. Uh, we're here 10 to 5 Tuesday through Friday and 10 to 3 on Saturdays, and we look forward to seeing you soon.
1: Thanks for tuning in, guys.